0: Welcome to 1000 Fathoms.
1: You're Erin Gleason.
0: And you're Ben O'Brien.
1: Today, everything is terrible. Actually, everything is terrible is awesome. We talk with part of the team behind the videotape mashup extravaganza.
0: We hear music from Mirepoix and talk with Julian Vu, the man behind the mixer.
1: Of course, we have another important comic penned by Dina Kelberman and dramatically read by Brian Durrell.
0: Amy Harmon tells us what Charles Manson means to Rachel Monroe.
1: Kat Spies brings us an essay on longing in For My Dear Old Friend.
0: Dan Deacon lets us in on just what he's going to do to that guy who's been staring at Janice's legs in Janice's Legs.
1: And we hear Rupert Wondolowski's My Old Suburban Home.
0: Terrible. A video collective based out of Chicago, and some of them are in LA. And right now they're touring with a piece that they made. It's a video collage based on the Holy Mountain, but it's only made with footage of dogs.
1: And uh, just a, just a warning that uh, one of the terrible things about this interview was uh, the way that we the way that we recorded it. So everything <laughs> is terrible about this interview, except for the content it's our fault do you want to describe how we recorded it
0: well we couldn't get into the studio that day so we had everyone pile into a tiny room in my house Mm -hmm. and we put two mics in that room Mm -hmm. and then we stood in a circle around them Mm -hmm.
1: as far from the mics
2: as we could get
0: exactly so enjoy
2: it's been wonderful (laughs) yeah it's it got real stinky about a week and a half ago and now we just it smell like back. dryer sheets and baby like, powder literally stinking Orlando oh, so Orlando really was the high point of our ball. stink rotten yeah. vinegar. rotten vinegar rotten yeah. vinegar feet beer like old beer, yeah. It, uh, yeah we had the really good idea of doing a dance party after a lot of the shows and it was a, it was a ton of fun we had like a big conga line going yeah. and all kinds of stuff and we would dance for like 45 minutes in dog in costumes in the winter it
3: was fun in the yeah. winter time it was in great in the spring now.
2: and then once we started getting into the south and then it was like a lot hotter and, and it became smellier so we've had to people cut out the dancing. Uh,
3: people didn't appreciate it as much.
2: No. No, people were mad at us. The dancing was, was less fun. <laughs> <well>. yeah. The <laughs> hugging. The hugging. The
3: hugging stopped. The photos stopped. Photos. And the, well, was my the photos figure. started and then they'd go, mm, yeah. I gotta go. It's yeah. just another one of those ways that you can alienate your fans. Right, right.
2: that's all yeah. we're trying to do here. Yeah.
1: We're testing their, you're more you're testing their love. Right. For right. Like, they got a lot all of love and we just senses. wasted. If they can hug you, that I means they're right. pretty. they in. They're in for life. Yeah.
0: Do you guys have a method for dealing with the sting? Do you like, like tea tree oil yeah. or incense? Oh, or the tea. Yeah, would have been
2: that tea tree oil. <laughs> yeah, that's a <laughs> really good idea. I went to a CVS and spent about sixty dollars on it, every single. Just scented... Bought the entire
3: aisle, and it worked. If you, it turns out, if you buy every product, I learned including some... pet odor ones. Yeah. Uh, pet. Yeah, pet spray. The, the foot spray
2: is the best. The, the foot spray's the, been yeah. working out. The I'm best more of, the of the
3: a the baby powder kind of guy. I, yeah. like the kind of I think
2: you, the the crystals, the magic red crystals. The magic red crystals are, are pretty, pretty nice. Work. Yeah, those work. They yeah.
3: smell so fucking strong. They're great. When we get it, when we come out on stage, people really like it. They're like, Woo Everyone kinda does that. They're like we, that bounce? What is that?
2: We played a really small venue in Asheville, and it was really hilarious. This is after the big revelation of how we are going to get rid of the dog stink. Yeah, I think it was we our all first non-stink f- First non-stink. non-stink show, and we bounded <laughs> out of there for our big our big entry, and everybody is like, whoo, is that dryer sheets? And we're yeah, like, my, my cargo shorts pockets are just jammed filled with, with dryer sheets. do car- shorts. Oh, you <laughs> wait. am
3: wearing you cargo shorts hair. Right, I'm like <laughs> hey, a turbo does. Yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> so for people that are planning on attending... That We're live, honest. right?
3: This is live?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, someone's editing in the next room, right? <laughs> the engine has okay. about a 10-second delay. Okay. Um, what to expect? Uh, the thing we've been saying, like the soundbite we've been going with lately is uh, the live show is a lot like Chuck E. Cheese on Acid. Um, it's like a, an adult version of Chuck E. Cheese. Um, so Song and Dance, Giant Dogs, um, just constant stimulation for all of your Parts and senses. Any other? Yeah, that's about, about it. it. Yeah. Your description, your description kind of got sexual there. It's like an adult
4: version. Of <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah in yeah. which we stimulate. Yeah. yeah. Stimulated no,
2: no. Senses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What he was doing. It's, it's, sexy. Oh yeah. hey, it's sexy. It is a pretty sexy show. It's the creep dog talking here. Yeah. So that's my angle on it. I got the red light. Um. Yeah. yeah. It's sex time for this I, mean, I think we've all <laughs> got a little.
3: All of our dogs are kind of perverts a little bit. I mean, and a little pervy. Yeah. And when it comes to the dancing, we get to it. But well, yeah. dogs are total perverts. Seriously, yeah, yeah. by nature. It's, it's by, by instinct. Right. Exactly, so, yeah.
1: Do you guys have uh, each have, like, really well defined roles in, in the group? And is that part of what keeps things together? Or how do you guys a lot
2: of teamwork. do that? Is it yeah.
1: Like, yeah, we've straight collaboration sl- on a lot of things?
2: We've well. slipped into roles for sure. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. But there's never been any, like, stated roles. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not like a treasurer or a no, secretary. No, we, okay. we, we could use both.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, I also I have a question, just uh, not about the the actual thing, but about everything as terrible as the group, and because I feel like I, I, I guess I want to know about the process, like how to start, and if it was from the beginning something you took this seriously, because I know you guys, I know, it look like a little bit how you work, and you're very professional, and you, you okay. take it very seriously. Um, and I was wondering if that was something from the beginning that you took seriously or in the beginning it was for a while just, oh, we do this because we enjoy doing it. And that's,
2: yeah, it definitely wasn't that serious. I mean, it was, no one was looking at it. I guess once people start looking at you, you got to pretend like you're doing something serious. Mm -hmm. Um, we were just sharing stuff with each other in the beginning. Yeah.
3: I think the more, the more like attention it got, it just put more pressure. Kind of just like, oh shit, we have to post every day now. Like we wanted to before we were like, ah, yeah. we'll get to it
2: and then we're like oh that became formalized after yeah. the, the amount of people watching it they were, oh yeah we're gonna do Monday through Friday posts and we're gonna like have days scheduled like scheduled posting days didn't come until like two years into the, into yeah. the thing and it's like I mean it's like any other project where you're like really serious about it no one cares and then you're like all right let's move on I mean that's yeah. we've all had hundreds of projects like that that are very serious and then you forget about them and then this one there were a bunch of people who were like you guys just gotta keep doing that and we're like forever oh farts (laughs) really the goal was just to make one DVD we're like Mm let's just make a DVD that'd be awesome let's make a
4: DVD
3: and then that's not gonna happen we couldn't stop after that we have to keep going I mean I I don't see an end to it
0: so what is your plan because I know you guys have jobs outside of everything is terrible like do you want to make it like your life's work? I don't know.
2: I mean, it feels like our life's like work, it. right? That's yeah. all we do. So, I mean, to make a little bit more money would be rad. Um, I think what we're doing more now is uh, making everything is terrible encompass more things that we do, because we all do so many things between, like, building costumes mm-hmm. and design and videos that we actually make as opposed to just steal and then re-edit. Uh, so I think the plan is to just swallow everything that we all do and then hopefully make it something that we can all do all the time. In the past year, we've expanded a lot of that stuff, and like I mean, we're doing like more installation videos, and we're doing more like stuff in, in art galleries and things like that. And we're uh, really like trying to like to move in that direction where we can, you know, just expand from web-based videos, and and I think that we want to like kind of fold in the original stuff that we make and and it makes for a little bit of grumbling amongst the, the found footage heads that, that, like, follow us and associate us with just chunks of found footage. Mm-hmm. Um, the Goop of the Gods stuff that Nick and, and Vinod have been doing is a really good example of that. Nice yes. plug, Goop it's of the like Gods, go. www.goopofthegods.com. Oh, we got to get that. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get, 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 get. Right. yeah. Now that. Now that it's official, we'll get that going. Yeah. yeah, and I think all of us have been, like, finding ways to, like, you know, involve more of that stuff I think the the music video that you made for Malagros and stuff like that like I think we're really just getting I think we
3: just like I think for me at least it's like yeah I love doing it but I kind of get sick of just doing other people's footage after a while yeah. it's like I won't want to not do that it's just like I don't want to be known for only doing that mm-hmm. yeah. and so that's kind of something that I think we need to just work a little harder at just pushing that stuff and just
2: it, making more stuff it just gets boring too. I mean that's the whole reason we started doing this was because we were bored at watching comedy and i mean yeah. you guys know that i mean mm-hmm. how boring a lot of comedy is and that's why you guys make stuff that is very not boring right. i think and i think we were doing the same thing just make something that's like visually stimulating at all times and i think our found footage stuff is just changing so quickly that it's not even found footage anymore i don't even know what it is but it's hopefully becoming something else
1: do you, do you find that um, that your work that's not based off of something found that you create is it inspired by all this found footage and that kind of the things that you take you take from that and it's a yeah, fun it. it's a fun be. palette it's from which to degree. work i
2: mean like the found footage is like a neat component to use in it i mean i guess some it, of it but i think
3: that it's like still want our stuff to look good <laughs> you know I mean? yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean like, I not
2: like like tim and eric we're not like remaking like the found mm, footage videos. yeah like, i mean it's not like
3: that i wouldn't want to do that but it's more just like i'm sure i mean definitely it's influenced us a lot definitely the uh uh, I mean pretty much everything we've done just kind of feels like it comes from our influences which of course are billions of VHS tapes so yeah it's, yeah. it's all I watch so yeah. it has, to, it has to, <laughs> yeah, yeah I can't imagine it ends
2: up influencing us more in our day by day lives in like these weird ways that it like it, it, like, You've become more. an excellent hunter. I have. I like. I, I, I can only think about hunting, and like I do, like turkey calls and stuff on my in my downtime. Wait, actual hunting. Actual hunting. yeah. <laughs> he kills oh. animals. No, no actually, I thought you meant like very finding well. videotapes. No, 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 no. It started off that, it started way. Off yeah, that right. way. I just I shoot them with paintballs instead, <laughs> like because it's like an ethical thing where I don't want to like kill the critter, <laughs> right. but I, it's the the <laughs> kind of like market, the but you the, want to embarrass kind of market, yeah. It's all put a little bit of
3: cream pie in them. Okay. It's like a,
2: it's like a tiny cream pie. Yeah. So a tiny cream pie. So I just call them in and then <laughs> pow with a yeah. with a cream pie.
1: Right, I have absolutely no idea what <laughs> is true and what is not true. Neither do we. I'm okay with that.
0: So I'd like to know a little bit more about your editing process because you're going through hours and hours of tape. How does that? How do you guys make it work? Sad pathetic lives.
5: Yeah. yeah, I mean it
2: depends on what. You, I mean, cause the just, yeah. the process for the site is very different than the process for the movies. Right. I and mean, the site is totally free for all. I mean, we just trust everybody to be putting something up that we all agree on is going to be okay. And then someone finds something edits it, put it puts it up, and then some of us never ever see those videos. <laughs> uh, it's true. So I mean that that is a very simple, totally. Flying solo, mm-hmm. you in your room making videos. Yeah, but then the movies is a whole another oh, whole other horse.
0: Yeah, I want to know how that came together.
3: For 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 this one, mm-hmm. like this one was actually pretty different for Doggy Waggies because we were we were thinking we wanted to do. Well, as we've said, there's nothing funnier than a dog wearing sunglasses driving a car. That's the funniest thing in the world. Yeah, Riding a skateboard, eating a slice I mean, I mean, of pizza. As soon as you said the car, I saw the skateboard
1: too. And yes, was, mm-hmm. exactly. I feel like that's.
3: So you can kind of. So we were like two well, kinds of people in the world. Yeah. 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 That's a really
4: good observation. Yeah, it is. Yeah.
3: Uh so we, we we wanted to base kind of something just off that. We don't even we didn't even have that many dog movies in our like canon before. We were just like that's something that there are millions of. Mm-hmm. It's endless. It's pretty funny every time a dog talks. That's pretty hysterical. <laughs> let's. Start from scratch, more or less. I mean, I'd say we had five dog tapes before this. Yeah, I mean,
2: we tried to do a uh, dog week in, in, like, to promote the movie, and none of us had anything. None we, of us we, had anything. And we're just like, oh <laughs> shit, we got to find everything to make this <laughs> movie. I mean, yeah. So we put pred- it. That
3: was the first time we've done it. Where usually the DVDs, we we take the stuff that we built over the past year, and kind of go, okay, now look, sort of the assistant editing is done. That's sort of like the first pass mm-hmm. is done. Uh, that's great. Now, what do we do with all this footage to make a plot about? But for this one, it was like, no, we have nothing. We have no dog movies. We don't We don't know what. We didn't realize also how bad dog movies are. They're not, they're not like this bad. Did realize how bad dog movies I are? Mean, it seems so funny. A dog <laughs> movie is getting more a yeah. ago.
2: But then, once it's two hours long and you realize the dog is only in it for 10 minutes, and it's or just, just like the plots. The
3: it's amazing how exactly the same dog movies are. Yeah. They're, I mean, exactly the same. They're all based off of Beethoven and what was the other one? Pretty much just Beethoven. Yeah. What about Airbud? Airbud is just so many movies. That's like its own genre of the Buddies movies, of the sons and daughters of. Uh, and there's like 20 of those. There's it's, seriously it's like 15, 20 of them.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think like we were totally lost with that until we came up with the, the Holy Mountain remake yeah. idea. Because otherwise, we would have just made a bunch of super cuts of dog movies and it would have been as boring as a dog movie yeah it would have been awful see
1: but that that to me sounds like the part that makes it so difficult is because now you don't just have to find dog stuff you've got to somehow relate it to this experimental film (laughs) (laughs) like to me that seems like the perfect amount of convolution yeah that's about right yeah Um, but it seems like it's, it's like you guys are trying to
3: yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, trying to make it as hard and dumb as possible. But I think in a way that we would like it by the end. If we just did a straight dog movie, we'd go, yeah, we did it. But, like, so what? This time, remaking Holy Mountain, we get to be proud of it when it's done, (laughs) whether or not what anyone thinks about it. But I can't believe how much... When people come up to us and tell us how much they like it, or, you know, we sell 10, 20 DVDs in a night, let's say, in a good night, we're like, why did you do that? Like, why... How did you get this? Like, this was for us. <laughs> yeah, it seems
2: like such a person. It's like almost like a dream journal or whatever. It's like I like this really dumb specific thing, and I'm gonna turn it into this pretty specific
3: thing and that people most people were on don't board like. right away. As soon as we mentioned it on Facebook, people were like, "I've been waiting for you guys to do this." We're like, "Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> dog movie, dog, Holy Mountain? Okay. I mean, thanks for thanks. Yeah. But people were just on board immediately. That's what I think. That's definitely helping with the Kickstarter and stuff. So many people were just being so nice about it, we're like, you have to do this, yeah. I have to see this scene with dogs.
0: How much of it was done before you guys did the Kickstarter thing and announced that you were going to do it? No, I mean, just...
2: Very little. little. I mean, <laughs> There was like a pilot. I mean, I bought <laughs> 500 dog tapes and started capturing them, and that was about it. Yeah, capturing so did, was
3: pretty difficult for... Uh, I was... A, I can imagine. Yeah, it was hard.
0: yeah. <laughs> Did you have a moment of crisis where you were just like, we can't... Oh
3: non! So, up until I mean, January, a... <laughs> uh, literally two weeks before the DVDs like were due.
2: 11, 12 months of crisis. I feel like
3: I it was non-stop crisis, crises. How many um dog orgy videos did you guys? I wish, any.
4: none.
2: <laughs> that's it's funny because there's so many things like that where we're like, like so we're like, just... there has to be this time when a when a cop dog yes. lays his badge on a desk, right? And we're all like, yeah, of course I've seen that movie that nah, just exists. No. We've invented them. we've invented <laughs> yeah. these dog so scenes in our heads comments. that we're convinced that they exist. So and, and everybody's like, yeah, I've seen that one. And then, then like, it would be up, up until the movies. last
3: couple of weeks of making the movie, be like, "Hey, where's that scene that you talked about about this happening, about the dog pulling the gun out on the guy and that doesn't that does not happen." Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> five yeah,
2: months in and like 70,000 hours of footage or whatever, and you'd just, be like, just, I'm it sure it's there. There. there.
3: there is something that changes
1: I feel changes your perception of reality or just yourself after like being really serious about doing something really absurd yeah. by, like, the thousandth hour. You guys are obsessed with dog footage. You're probably seeing it everywhere you go and stuff like that. And that's, like, what you... That's your job. That's what you've decided to do. That's, like, what other people, like, go to work and, like, you know...
2: Some people cure cancer. Other people <laughs> exactly. just like dogs. There's <laughs> just
3: think it really messes with your head. I think it's really interesting. It definitely messes for it for with your sure. head. I'm not kidding. Uh, more than ever that I think we were genuinely going insane. I mean, we, Nick and I would talk to each other on the phone... And there would just be long pauses of just. Pauses? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh but yeah, we just. We, we stopped caring about life anymore. Our girlfriends didn't know what we were doing, they were just worried yeah, there's about gonna us. It's going to
2: be a serious repair session as far as the relationships <laughs> in our lives go after this. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take some work.
6: Hi, I'm Brian Durrell with an important comic uh, by Dina Kelberman entitled Life Continues. Um, The entire comic seems to be a bubble moving from the left to the right side of the page. Um, And then within the bubble, there are four panels. Uh, In the first panel, uh, a tall uh, cylinder character is falling uh, and yelling, ah! Uh, in the second, he's doing a uh, backbend and says, we, my. And then in the third panel, uh, ma, who, say. And then finally, uh, getting smaller and smaller, the character says, oh, gee, et Um, this I find this comic to be a little bit upsetting, um, particularly in the way that it's, it's structured with this character, like constantly falling and falling and falling, uh, and that being the process of life continuing. Um, I, I prefer not to think of life as a downward process, um, and in spite of the character's joy and excitement you know, along this fall, he is nonetheless falling. Um, out of control and uh, presumably towards his death um, I I might be projecting onto this I'm not sure um, but I, I, the comic makes me sad thank you uh, I'm Brian Durrell and that was an important comic by Dina Kelberman
0: And next we have What
5: Charles Manson Means to Me, written by Rachel Monroe and read by Amy Harmon. My Manson phases have the quality of a binge. Lots of late nights on message boards, bleary mornings spent lying to my friends about how much I'm actually consuming. It's because I'm embarrassed. Sad middle school girls have their Wiccan spells and tarot cards. Their furious, zitty male counterparts revere Charlie for obvious sex-slash-power reasons. 30-year-old women should have better ways to direct their darkness. This isn't a constant obsession, but one that likes to crop up when things are going wrong. A good barometer of my mental state is the books on my nightstand. As of this morning, they included family member Tex Watson's Would You Die For Me?, The Long Prison Journey of Leslie Van Houten, Susan Atkins' Child of Satan, Child of God, and a couple of Jonestown's memoirs for a bit of variety. Which is to say that things are not so great for me right now. Most of these ex-Manson books are bad in pretty much the same way. Read enough of them, preferably late at night, preferably while consuming enormous amounts of popcorn, and the story starts to feel like a parable. The small man says something about living in the now. He tells you you're pretty, tells you you're stupid, tells you you're his favorite. He would prefer if you grew your hair long, stopped wearing shoes, strapped this buck knife to your belt. When he gives you a new name, you feel for the first time as if you belong. He opens his dark eyes wide. It's as though he never blinks. When you're depressed, or 15, reading about Charlie is strangely soothing. Pigs and nooses and speed and Death Valley and the Beach Boys. Freckle-faced, squeaky, Frome and look-at-your-game-girl, which I find myself accidentally humming all the time and Doris Day's son. It's real-life melodrama that confirms some dark truth you've always suspected the universe was hiding. But my problem is, the more I read, the more I wonder. You know, that old, infinitely regressing why. The memoirs are not much help in finding answers. Susan's sexy Sadie Atkins blames the drugs. Born-again Watkins thinks Charlie is probably a demon. They're full of mundane episodes and then suddenly horrifying episodes. Atkins meets Charlie, quote, the skinny little man, in a San Francisco crash pad right before her drug dealing boyfriend gets picked up by the cops. A couple of years later, she carves an X in her forehead during her murder trial as a sign of eternal devotion. Charles Tex Watkins is depressed. His get-rich-quick wig selling scheme is going nowhere until the day he picks up a long-haired hitchhiker who happens to be Dennis Wilson from the Beach Boys. Wilson invites Watkins into his mansion where Charlie is hanging out with some googly-eyed hippie girls. A year earlier, Watkins was a Texas frat boy. A year later, he stabs eight people to death. Lynette Squeaky Frome was sitting on a bench looking sad when Charlie happens to wander by and ask what was wrong. In 1975, she puts on a red robe and aims a Colt 45 at the president in order to get Charlie's attention. Afterward, life continues. Atkins found Jesus and died of brain cancer in prison. Watkins fathered four kids during conjugal visits. Leslie Van Houten is friends with John Waters. Squeaky lives in upstate New York, I've heard. Sandy Good may or may not be a Nazi. The whole thing echoes in my head with the cadence of a fairy tale, the kind with dark woods and wolves, and where the moral of the story is that good girls should probably stay inside. Or maybe the moral is that the world is full of improbable happenings. Some people are in prison and some people are dead and some people are staying up too late reading books that scare them. That last one's me. But the cumulative effect of too many Manson memoirs is seeing yourself in all of it. At two in the morning I read Atkins' chapter about tripping on acid when she was seven months pregnant. She goes into labor the next day. There aren't any clean razor blades. So Charlie has one of the other girls bite the umbilical cord off and find myself thinking, I could have been me. But, no, it couldn't have. Or could it? In a dark room, sometimes it's hard to tell. All I know is I'm not the only one trying to get closer and closer to a thing that actually horrifies me. That doesn't make it any healthier as habits go. Consider the Amazon reviewer who found Tex Watson's where you Die for me unsatisfying. Quote, He describes flashes of color and movement to describe the killing Is that it? Of course it is. And it is, as always, both too much and not enough.
0: And next we have a series of threats by Dan Deacon entitled Janice's Legs.
7: I heard some pretty upsetting news the other day. about your eyeballs? How you couldn't get your eyes off Janice's legs. If you look at Janice's legs one more fucking time, I'm gonna get a huge King of Queens back tattoo, and I'm gonna walk in front of you shirtless for the rest of my fucking life. I heard you never learned how to skateboard. Well, guess what we're doing tomorrow. I'm gonna show up with a helmet, some elbow pads, some knee pads, and two skateboards of encouraging phrases. I'm going to beat every inch of your body with different things. I'm going to beat your feet with plucky duck dolls. I'm going to beat your legs with little league trophies. I'm going to break your kneecaps with cake from Costco. I'm inside your mouth right now. By the time you get this message, you're going to realize that I shrunk down to the size of one of your teeth. And I now reside in your mouth. And every time you eat, I eat a little bit of it. And I'm spitting in your mouth with your spit. I heard you were looking at Janice's fucking legs all night last night. Well, maybe you should have spent your time better because I just got you recast as all the characters in the John Larroquette show. You're going to be John Larroquette's character. You're going to be that prostitute character. You're going to be the sassy cop. You're going to be the woman who works behind the counter. I'm not even sure if that was a fucking woman. You're going to sing the theme song. You're going to do the letter pressing for the credits, because we're doing letter pressed credits.
0: Janice's Legs, written and performed by Dan Deacon.
1: And now we have a piece by Rupert Wondolowski entitled, My Old Suburban Home.
8: My Old Suburban Home. Just as regular as a clock can tick, you reach up for the old pigskin high on a dusty shelf as the sun is setting and the light is becoming gray and pointless and your hand brushes an old Halloween mask. You pick up the mask, but it's slippery and brittle at the same time and you realize it's an actual face. As you drop it and collapse to your knees, little songbirds jet up from the wrinkly folds and warble to you with outdated pre-recorded answering machine voices. Your mother calls to you downstairs that dinner's ready, but she's been dead for five years now. Your brother used to be able to imitate your grandmother's voice perfectly. Breaking your heart when you came home from school to what you thought was an empty house, But then there was what you thought was the treasured voice of Granny. Your brother could never imitate your mother, though. In the last anyone heard, he's currently hiding in a polar grotto, below the visible pattern of the natural world, going by the name Red Reflectors on a tree stump. The manifesto he issued to the press, a press which now consists of a bunch of slightly above average intelligence junior high school students sending out a bunch of emails, Grading events or personages as either stinky, not stinky, or chill, states simply, ouch. The scene on the small street outside does nothing to calm the beating of your heart or settle your emotions. Everyone is sitting outside their homes. It is a beautiful early fall evening, after all. But they are so still, and their eyes are all covered over with lid flesh and sloppy hand stitching. No one seems bothered by this state. In fact, no one is moving or saying anything at all.
1: And that was My Old Suburban Home by Rupert Wandelowski, recorded at the Red Room.
8: Julian
0: Vu, the man behind Mirrepoix, spoke with our producer Catherine Gorman about his life as a musician.
9: When I was growing up in Mississippi, it was hard to find reliable musicians to jam with. You know, sometimes they wanted to do their own, like, jam band kind of stuff, and I really wanted to do like more electronic stuff.
4: What's so
3: special
4: about playing games to some machine? Oh no! Oh, it's not just a machine. Is it ready? Here you go. Oh boy! Oh boy, mom, you sure can hydrate a pizza.
9: I've I've always really liked um, 80s movies, and then like for some reason, just like the the soundtracks to like a lot of them. You know, even like the big like. Um, John Hughes movies, you know, like Ferris Bueller and all that stuff. Like, I just really liked that the soundtrack added so much to it. And I I don't know if people would call that electronic music necessarily, but there's, you know, back in the 80s, there were a lot of, like, synthesizer sounds and um, even, um, I guess, like, uh, science videos that, you know, we used to have to watch in, like, science class. Like, I really liked the soundtrack behind that kind of stuff. And, And so that was kind of the basis of what I wanted to do, but then I had a lot of friends who really liked dance music, you know, or just like music with a good beat, so I tried to add beats to it and kind of meld the two of those, or whatever. Lush sounds, I guess you could say. I love sharing my music, and I hate, like, charging people for it. In fact, I don't charge for my music, and the reason for that is because the music that I've made is really just a learning process because I'm only, you know, 10% to where I want to be, so I'm trying to, like, develop the sound, and I want people to be able to hear what I'm creating along the way. I found out about SoundCloud, and I really liked it because you can... Uh, comment like on the the timeline you know like say if oh, there's a certain part that you like that happens to hit at like a uh, two minutes and fifty three seconds you can put a comment right there and say oh that's a great you know baseline or I love the sample or something like that and then the quality is also better on SoundCloud.
10: Has that ever come in com- come in handy for you as a musician having those comments like at the time mark has anybody ever said this is amazing or oh my god why would you do that and you've taken that into account in a future piece?
9: Um, I want to say yeah. I, I wish I could. I. <laughs> it's weird to say this, but I wish I've had more uh, negative criticism. Like every, everything's been like super positive so far, but. Like I told you before, for me, music is like a learning process. So I really kind of want to learn what I could do. And I've had a few of those, you know, people would say like, oh, you need to um, master the drums a little bit better in this section because it needs to pop a little bit more. And then, you know, in the end, it ends up being a good thing. But I'm still looking for like more criticism. So anyone who listens to my music, please, by all means, you know, get in touch with me and tell me that you hate it, but that it could be better, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Tell me
10: specifically why you hate it. and Yeah, specifically. Yeah,
9: definitely. Yeah.
10: Okay, so I'm going to ask you uh, a pretty packed question, but with uh, two different endings. So you're also a photographer, very accomplished, by the way. Your photos are amazing. Oh, thank you, yeah. Um, do you ever feel that your visual work influences your music?
9: Um, I think lately it kind of has. You know, it just kind of started as... Uh, I would go to shows and then I would take pictures and I think, you know, I I, I took like a a semi-decent picture, you know, maybe like seven years ago and I was like, you know, I should, I could probably be okay at photography. So it's not where uh, I was into music and then I thought that photography and music would intertwine. For the most part, they've been kind of, you know, two separate bodies. But um, lately I've been kind of playing around with um, a lot of processing and layering of photos. And so that's kind of the same idea with like the sounds that I'm making because um, with the layering of photos you're, you're talking about like three photos that you're kind of melding together to make a new photo and it's the same with like music you want to you have different layers but you want to balance them correctly you don't want you know three really loud layers going on at once you want some you want like some subtlety to one of them and you know some loudness to another and it's the same with the photography that I'm doing now where I'm trying to kind of like make the subject more interesting by accentuating like areas that would have just been dark in the past Yeah.
10: Do you ask for negative feedback on your photos? Uh,
9: <laughs> you know, I don't ask for it, but I certainly, yeah, I should, I guess, <laughs> yeah.
10: Okay. My second part of this question is: you also do commercial real estate? Uh,
9: well, I studied it in in um in in uh, I guess graduate school, but then um, I kind of gave up on that. You know, I really wanted to uh, develop up uh, like uh, homes and stuff like that, uh, and like you know, really neat like architecture type things and. Um, when I moved to D.C., I was hoping to get something in that field, and then, like, I realized that my my dream all, all along had been to uh, open a restaurant, and, you know, I so just about two months ago, I just walked away from my desk job and just started um, as a line cook uh, at a place called Standard in um, D.C., and it's been, <laughs> it's been a really crazy uh, trip, I guess, you know. I've only been there for about two weeks, and um, it's kind of just, you know, kicking my ass a little bit, and... Now it's, but now I feel really good about it and I'm getting a lot of, you know, it's kind of like with music where I want to know where I'm doing bad so I can improve and then that's, you know, I'm finding out a lot about how surprisingly bad I am at cooking. We'll be right back.
4: back.
1: And now Cat reading, For My Dear Old Friend.
11: For My Dear Old Friend. I wonder if you are forgetting the way I am. It sounds so terribly mean that I could do such a thing. But this is the truth. I am beginning to unlearn your face, the tone of your voice, and the odd quirks that suit you so well. And it feels like a punishment. I suppose this is the agony of progress, the compromise of such distance, the sad little curse of age. I remember walking with you in the rain, thinking it would be the very last time we'd be close, share a laugh, have any kind of poignancy between us. It was just before I boarded that funny green bus and you were talking about getting drunk and making sense of all this. Endings. And yet it wasn't. I kept coming back. So different in my thoughts each time. At first timid and uncertain. How does this work? But you have such an ease. And our hellos have a great fondness about them. The other night I dreamt that you had been killed. Something with a knife and a stranger. And I awoke so painfully frightened. It was just unforgivable that my mind had created this kind of an ending for you. But it wasn't so. You took me to lunch, or perhaps it was I who took you, and I didn't feel like a kid for once. Didn't feel as though I had to huddle into my chair or gaze out the window to summon the courage for another sentence. We were happy to share the big moments that awaited us, and they are big and grand So many more chapters have yet to unfold. Although they will happen separately. I will keep coming back. Because I'm always so happy to hear what happens next. We who are quiet. But not out of apathy or without things to say. Our voices were just made differently. They are voices that were made for the page.
1: And that was for my dear old friend by Gatsby's.
0: Our intrepid reporting team brings us a story of vicious vegetables.
12: No one succeeds when a CAT scan is involved. No one succeeds succeeds when a
13: CAT scan is involved. Hmm. We had a man come in two weeks ago. He didn't seem anything strange about him. He was complaining of abdominal pain. A constant belly pain. Abdominal pain. He didn't know what had caused it. Uh, well, he knew. We pressed on his stomach, and he said, oh, yeah, it hurts there, it hurts there. Um, and we pressed um, on his back, and he said that his back hurt a little bit, too. And, and we
12: asked him if it was more in one area, like in the, if it's in the right lower quadrant, that's an appendicitis. If it's in the left lower quadrant, you start to get concerned about diverticulitis. You know, there's her- herni- hernias can go everywhere. If it's more central, you think a pancreatitis. If it's um, right upper, you think like a liver, like a hepatitis. If it's lower and it's a woman, you think all kinds of like, you know, menstrual things. But this wasn't a woman,
7: so he didn't have to worry about that.
12: No. Anyway, he said it was just all over. He couldn't say it hurt more in one spot. He couldn't say anything about it. And we pressed on his stomach. He goes, oh, yeah. And we didn't feel anything abnormal. And we said, why don't we just send him to cat scan and see what they can come up with? Because you know, see if there's anything that they find abnormal. No one succeeds when a cat scan is involved. So we sent him for his cat scan, and he came back, and we saw the results on the computer,
13: and there it was. We noted that uh, he had something um, in in his rectum. And there it was, a giant log, not a log,
12: like a pepper shaker, or that beer bottle, or a beer can, an elongated beer can, like an Arizona iced tea can, one of the tall ones, in his rectum, on the CT scan. That's what we saw. And so we all had a good laugh.
1: You all laughed about this before you told me. Oh, it. yeah. <laughs> what did you say?
12: <laughs> we just said, Bullshit. He doesn't know. His problem is, obviously, there's something wedged in his rectum, and we all laughed about it. It was fun. So anyway, you know, with pure medical decorum and professionalism, we went into him and we said, You know, we got your CT scan back, and um, the results showed that there might be something in your in your colon. It doesn't look cancerous, but we were wondering if you could help us out. If you have any idea what it could be, and we showed it to him, and then he looked at it and said, "Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm I was gardening the other day, about two days ago. Yeah, and I think I'm I f- I could have fallen I'm back on a cucumber,
4: I'm
12: on a cucumber,
4: I'm
12: on a cucumber, cucumber, cucumber.
4: I'm gonna be around my vegetables. I'm gonna chow down my vegetables. I Love you most of all
12: my favorite vegetable And with pure medical decorum and professionalism, we said so you think you think you might have a cucumber in your rectum? Um, yeah, it's possible. I um, think it might be. Um,
13: Could be. Yeah. From gardening, possibly he could have had a cucumber in his anus. He wasn't sure. Maybe he fell on it or something. He wasn't sure. With pure medical decorum and professionalism. We didn't press it too much further. I
4: love you most of all. My favorite vegetable. Oh, baby
13: We uh, took him to surgery because we couldn't just pull it out and removed... The cucumber from his rectum. We took him to surgery, took him to surgery, and removed the cucumber from his rectum.
3: But so this guy was adamant that he did not put the uh, cucumber no. in his
12: rectum. He didn't put it in there. He didn't He didn't know how. The only thing he could think of how it might have gotten there was gardening.
3: So he didn't know that... But he immediately thought it was
12: a cucumber. Uh, well, he knew. But he was, he was trying to be sly.
6: But did he succeed?
12: no no one succeeds when a cat scan is involved no one succeeds when a cat scan is involved you can say oh i don't know how that got there but everybody knows you put it in there you know they don't just fly cucumbers don't just get up and sodomize people it just doesn't happen and so it's like a logical thinking thing (laughs)
0: Here is bicycle chain of missing links by Matt Purdy.
14: I'm in New York Princeton, City, Bluebell, East Berlin, Cowens Gap, Belfort, Pittsburgh. How
4: long are you thinking okay? Uh, we're thinking eighty days,
14: hopefully. Huh? You got some mountains ahead of you? Yeah, I bet. I biked eighty-five miles yesterday. It is two thirty a.m. I am in my tent. It's raining, and my tent has holes in it. I, I'm figuring out that I am—I don't really have a camper's temperament. Salem, Cleveland, Huron, Grand Rapids, Edgerton, Nappanee, Chicago.
8: I'll just crunch these
0: exoskeletons for you. I have three of them here, and I have my garden gloves on so they're nice and crispy and crunchy, and if you were to check on the internet, they even have cicada recipes. Now, I wouldn't dare make anything with them myself, yeah. but of course, you know, with Incredible. the information that we get on the internet, why not put the cicadas in there too? Sure.
7: Yeah, yeah. I want you to know Jesus could do it the best Jesus did the best he could do when he didn't smoke three of that cigarette. Jesus did the best he could
14: do when he did what he was not homosexual. <gasps> Gurney Whitewater, Madison, across. I am standing on top of a bridge on the Mississippi River. Mines, Lake City, City Aft, Aft Minneapolis, St. Francis, Royal, Eagle Bend, Battle Lake, Pelican, Lake and Ralph, Fargo. There is now rain dripping on my head. I have no pot or cup to put the rain water in. I thought I heard something. Yeah. I have these, uh, sleeping pills.
7: Not sleeping pills, but like Tylenol. PM. All right,
14: so I'm in a tunnel. It's pitch black, except for the entrances. And I've got my headlamp, and, but it's not doing a whole lot of good. Page. Benford, Lakota, Rug Rugminus. Stan. Lillis, Willis. Colberts. Point, Malta. Chinook. Haver. Chester. I think what I'm going to do is move my sleeping bag over to the left a little bit, so that the drip does not fall directly on top of me and I will just deal with it in the morning okay I'm glad we've had this talk okay. as if on cue brown east Glast, West glacier, glacier whitefish eureka Libby Clark, Park, Blue blues kettle falls republic Nascar, Crisp, ross cedar seattle
11: I'm no one, nobody knows me here, nobody expects anything of me, in a strange town, I'm anything.